A really important tip that I learned from Thomas about sales is not to make it about me, make it about my prospects. Same concept in project management. Don't make the project about me, make it about my stakeholders. I was reminded during this conversation with Thomas how important my skill development in sales has been so valuable for me and my skill development as a project manager. Still not convinced? Continue listening into episode two with my conversation with Thomas Ellis. A tidbit, what I've learned is that, yeah, I do a whole bunch of marketing on different social media platforms, LinkedIn being my number one, but there's something so powerful when I actually pick up the phone or send them a message just to them to say, I would love for you to be a part of this. You said, or you said that this was something that you were really struggling, struggling with. Hey, good news. I have this service now available. And I was thinking of you and it's like, yeah, because people, when they see the, the ads or your promotions, they don't know it's for them. No. And that would, that took a hard time. They, they think that, oh, someone else is going to buy it. Or she meant that for someone else. No, I was thinking about you. And I think that's, um, you know, something that you've taught me as well. When you have those sales conversations, don't make it about you, Crystal. It's about them. How can you help them with their current problems or current needs? And sometimes it's just listening. And sometimes we think we have to have this pitch deck, right? And, a me, 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 capability statement, me, 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 me. And sometimes it's just the best sales conversation is when you ask maybe one or two questions and the whole time you're listening and they're like, you're a great conversation. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I would tell you, I would take the word sales, sales out, just to say conversation. The com- yeah, the conversation. Because it's, it's, com- it's, it's, it's a conversation. You and I are talking about your business, what's going on in your business, mm-hmm. what's, impacting your business what are you trying to grow to like one of the questions that i ask clients that i meet early on is okay what is your revenue now and where do you want your revenue to be in 18 months because uh-huh. that'll tell that tells me a lot that tells me a lot if if they say well i'm i'm a million dollars now and i only want to be a million and a half dollars they don't need me right <laughs> That's $500,000 growth. Well, maybe they do need it. But if they say, Thomas, I'm I'm at $4 million and I want to get to $8 million. I said, oh, okay. So what have you done to prepare yourself to get there at $8 million? They go, well, you know, I don't know because I need help. Okay, mm-hmm. so where do we need to help at? Do you want to do the selling or are you going to hire somebody to, to do it? Mm-hmm. And so... When you ask those questions early on in the conversation, you kind of figure out and understand where they are, where they're trying to get to, what have they tried to do, and are they in a mode now where they've got it? They've tried everything that they know how to do, mm-hmm. but they can't figure it out. And they've been watching you on LinkedIn and your posts and everything, and your podcasts and 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 things and. One day they reach out to you and say, I've been following you. I've listened to your podcast. I I read your daily things. I think that you can help me. Here's my problem. Can we chat? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's the consistency. Exactly. It's the consistency. And and I'm working with a few clients now who 
I have to get them to be consistent, right? Mm -hmm. Consistency is the key because you and I may not do business today, but I'm on your radar. So when you get to a point where you say, I no longer can do this, I need help, you already know who to call. Yep. <laughs> you, you, you already know. And, and that's then, definitely been the case for me. I, I will yes. get exactly what you pointed out. People are like, I knew when it's time for me to get PMP training, I knew to call you because you're always on. <laughs> you're always marketing about your services and you're consistent. Because people, there are a lot of people out here that are not consistent one, but a fake. Mm that are not genuine. They can't deliver what they say they're going to de deliver. It's all smoke and mirrors. Mm -hmm. And so some people that I've spoken to and worked with have been burned by some of these people. Mm -hmm. And so when I come along, you know, they're looking at me sideways like, <laughs> like, I don't know, Thomas, I've heard this line before and, you know, I got no results. I spent $10,000 with this company and I got this book and sir ma'am I don't operate like that you know here's some people that you can call check out my LinkedIn uh, profile I can give you five ten people references tell me how many many you want um of of this or hey we don't have to do anything today just let's observe me for 30 days you know mm -hmm. I, you know I'm not going anywhere but when you need my services, you know, and that's the other thing that people get hung up with, this thing sales, right? When we think about salespeople, we think of pushy, arrogant. You may not need their services, but they're gonna force it on you. That's not how it works, really, right? Because a great salesperson is a great helper mm. and they're not going to sell you anything that you don't need you mm -hmm. see they don't they don't they're not going to force something on you that you don't need because at the end of the day that's a bad reference right right so you want to get people's agreement going forward that do you think i can help you yeah i think you okay well like, let's sit down and talk about how what's the parameters of our engagement? Mm -hmm. And I always tell people, and I probably told you this too, I said, when you work with me, I don't have no magic wand, okay? There's no magic pill I can give you and say, yeah, you're now full-fledged. You're going to handle all the objections. Nope. It's a process. It's and if you want a quick fix, I can't do that. But if you want to work with me over a period of time and you are diligent in doing what you should be doing, you'll be great. Mm -hmm. You'll be great because I've done this enough to know that this process works when people do it. Very simple. That That's very encouraging for me and a reminder I, I probably definitely call you <laughs> because you know you get you, 
you know, it, it is, yes, we get to a point where we graduate, but then there's just so much more to learn and kind of figure out in your business, especially through the pandemic, we're pivoting and you have to take a different approach on how you're helping people. And all the things that you said, Thomas, I'm curious from your thoughts, uh, and, and I'm coming from the perspective of when I'm in an organization as a project manager, so not a business owner, I'm working as a project manager, everything that you've said is such an important set of skill sets for us to have just as a project manager. Absolutely. We spend time hurting cats and convincing, and I think that's sometimes yes. the pushback that we get as project managers is like, we you need to do this, and it's like, uh-uh how can we help them so i'm i'm curious what your perspective yeah. so on when you when if i'm in a project manager in a company right i'm selling my concepts and, and ideas but now i gotta figure out who am i selling it to mm-hmm. like who are the buyers who are the decision makers is it my boss is it his boss is it another department who is that who is that group or person that I need to sit down with and show them, tell them how I can help. Mm-hmm. You know, I had an interesting, I have a client I want to work with doing some executive coaching and he's wants to change their compensation program mm-hmm. for next year. And so we sat down and said, okay, Marcus, oops, anyway, <laughs> okay, Marcus, how, who are the people that this is going to impact. Who do you have to get on board? And the first person I came up with is the financial people, right? You need to go to them, kind of partners, ask, this is what I'm thinking about doing. Can we run some numbers to see how to, what this looks like? Mm-hmm. Then while I'm working on that, I need to work on the COO, right? And say, hey, what do you think about this? Kind of, you know, and then I gotta go talk to the CEO, right? Mm-hmm. But each one of these persons has a different viewpoint on this. And we have to understand what's gonna register with them to make this fly. Because I need everybody at the end of the day to go, damn, this is great compensation program. Right, but how do you get there? Uh-huh. It's a lot of work, but you got to identify those key players, identify what's in it for them. You see, talk about what's in it for them. Yeah. Hey, financial person, if we change this compensation program, what's in it for you is maybe we bring in more revenue, our margins go up, whatever the case may be. From the CEO perspective you got to talk about sales yeah because he don't really care about the financials because that's what he's got cfo his thing is bottom line how many more sales what's if it will win a, a million will this compensation program you give me the two million right but you got to be able to understand what each person's role is in mm-hmm. the decision and that's what Project managers ought to be doing, figuring out who are the key stakeholders, what's in it for them, right? And talk to them about what's in it for them mm-hmm. and get them to kind of buy in or as we used to say, sign off on us, right? You know, years ago, 
I was in a company and we had changed our compensation program and the salespeople, it was the worst change the company's ever made. And so bad that my boss was gonna quit over this. So me and him sat down and we had to go deliver this to my organization, which is about 55 people. And we go in there and we, right, company, right, we're where to, so we go, we walk in there and we start talking about this program and people started crying. Oh my gosh. But it was that bad. And so I took that upon myself to say, oh my God, I'm going to lose some great salespeople. Okay. And so I decided to put together this PowerPoint presentation because I knew his boss has these weekly meetings with his peer with his team, the, the financial people, the commission, HR, and all these, right? The people who are building sites. And so I went, I put together a PowerPoint that addressed each one of the key stakeholders. HR, or HR, guess what? We're going to have a 30% turnover. Hmm. A financial person, guess what that's going to cost us? Right, we know that it's sixty thousand dollar investment, right? So, if I lose thirty percent of my people, right, that's going to be eighteen people. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. Right. 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 <laughs> and then I went to the the, the, the VP of of those that said, and guess what? Our gross ads are going to be off, mm. right? And so that, if, and so after I did my little dog and pony show, that they kicked me out. So all right, go. They they made changes. They were able to make some changes, right? Not great, but they made some changes. So mm -hmm. the point of that message was, I went back to my team. I told them, I'm going to go fight for you guys. I don't know if I'm going to be successful or not, but I believe in this. So mm -hmm. I came back and said, hey, they're looking at it. And they made changes. They gave me a lot of street, street cred. Okay? That's awesome. Right? But I tell their story to, to say, when you have a situation that you're trying to figure out how to get people to move on things, you got to find the key stakeholders and find out what's in it for them mm -hmm. and help them Walk down the hall with you. Don't let you don't let don't walk down the hall by yourself. But if you have four or five people walking down the hall with you and saying, We agree, this is well, what's the boss gonna say? Okay, y'all go do it. Mm -hmm. And first of all, have you taken a project management class before? <laughs> because I think it speaks to the intersection of many industries and kilts and skill sets is that a lot of people are like, oh, that's sales. I don't do that in project management, but that's what we have to do every day because we, you, you hit the nail on the head. You got to work with stakeholders and, and you know, working with them, we call it stakeholder engagement or stakeholder management. Exactly. We have to keep them engaged by finding out what's in it for them. Because I've found it's never worked when you say, well, because the CEO said so, it, yeah, you'll get people doing it, but begrudgingly. You grow up and then lose the Right. Yeah. You know, it's all about, you know, everything that I've ever done when I was a 
divisional director, had managed uh, uh, everything I did was through a collaborative effort. Mm. Yes, I could have easily walked into my sales manager's meeting, and at the time I had six to say, This is what we we're going to do. And they'll go, But many times I'm walking in and say, Hey guys, ladies, this is the challenge that we have. How are we going to fix this? Now, meanwhile, I have a plan. See, I, I, I got a plan. Mm-hmm. Right, but yeah. I I found out early on that when you get the team to say that's that's great, then everybody's in. Mm-hmm. Right, I kept buying from it. So one one thing I would always do, I say, here's our challenge for next year, whatever. This is our goal. How are we going to get there? Mm-hmm. Right. And we would come up with a plan. And nine times out of 10, it was the same plan that I had written down because I guided the plan. I guided it, right? And they felt empowered. So when things start going bad, I can say, we agreed (laughs) that this was the role we were going to take. How come it's not working? Mm -hmm. Rather than saying, I agreed, right? I said, right? Nobody could give a demo of what I think. But if I could walk to a meeting and say, we agree to do this as a team, and this is not happening, what changes do we need to make? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can take out the hammer because I'm the boss, but, and that's another topic about another day. About <laughs> management, okay, I'll just say this. I had a, I, I, I used to tell my managers, every time you have to take out the hammer hammer to get things through people, you're losing. Right. You're losing. Right? When you take out that sledgehammer and say, all right, this is what we're going to do. And people are going to roll their eyes, shake their head. But if you have a collaborative thing where you're taking people's input and you come up with a, 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 a consensus, your people feel empowered. They work harder. Mm-hmm. I live that life. I they work harder for you. They work harder rather mm-hmm. than you telling them, "No, I we can't do it because I'm the boss." And sometimes, Crystal, I used to let my I used to do if they had an idea that wouldn't kill us. I said, "Oh, Joe, that sounds like a great idea. Let's do it." <laughs> kill us. <laughs> I mean, really. I mean. So something, I would let them say, hey, let's try that. Say, now, I know damn well that may not work, but the collateral damage is going to be minimal, right? Uh-huh. But what I was doing that for was to get people to think that, wow, he'll take my idea and try it. Uh-huh. So now I get more ideas, you see? Yeah. And I get better ideas, right? So that's one of my management nuggets is that, let them pick something. Let somebody on the team suggest something that won't hurt you really bad, but the positive impact on that is huge because mm-hmm. now people open up. I've been in meetings where you've suggested things and people don't even do them. So what do you do? Everybody doesn't give ideas, right? right? right. And the stuff falls apart. But if they had to listen to one person or two people, then it'll work. 
Yeah. And you'll, and like you said, it'll generate more ideas. It'll create that environment of psychological safety. And uh, this is a place that values my opinion. Now, like you said, if it doesn't have, you know, you know, doesn't kill anybody, you know, very little collateral well, sorry, damage. That was kind of off track a little bit, but that, that conversation sparked that about, that's my management tip. Uh, but I think it's, it's still relevant to how getting people on board, whether it's your team members or it could be just the larger stakeholder community, getting them involved. And that's all a part of that sales conversation as well, because you have an idea, but they have ideas too. And you don't want to come in there and force feed them something. You want to find out what their challenges are. And sometimes part of finding out what their challenges are is to do that brainstorming, find out what their ideas are, and you you might be the one to just help them execute it, right? right. So, mm -hmm. and, you know, you don't always want to, I think sometimes the best buyer-vendor relationship is when there's a partnership, when Absolutely. they feel like you're a partner and you listen to their ideas and they lean on you to actually execute to it using your expertise. And that's the selling part of all that we do. And that's also what we have to do, just being a project manager within our organizations, um, there, there is that helping aspect. I know that we don't like always saying sales, but I think it is, um, has been such a, a game changing skill set for me to do, to develop. Um, mm -hmm. and it's beyond just the marketing aspect of getting my name out there. It's the going the step further to actually get the revenue. Just as you said, that the sales is the way and knowing my sales cycle too. Oh God, that has been oh, yeah. so <laughs> crucial in helping me understand how, how many people I need to talk to and my sales cycle. Cause I'll ask that question to people who are brand new, knowing that I know the answer will be, uh, uh, but I say, well, what's your sales cycle? And they're like, what do you mean? So it's it's knowing how long it takes from the start of the conversation to when they're actually going to freaking sign the contract. And for a lot of my corporate clients in particular, it is, it is sobering, but it's a realization factor that it's about a 12 to 18 month sales cycle. I can't tell you how I've talked to organizations for months and then they're ready to move forward. Did you hear that nugget from Thomas? Sales is the only discipline that brings in revenue. You have to sell. You have to have conversations. That's the same thing in project management. You have to sell the project. You have to have conversations because that's going to bring in your social capital, if you will, from your stakeholders to support you and give you the resources and the things you need to make the project happen. I just was so blown away <laughs> by the conversation. I hope you were too. Leave some comments if you have some aha moments from this conversation with Thomas. And stay tuned for episode three as we get into a little bit more digging about being persistent and following up. Keys to the success of being a great salesperson for yourself and for your business. Thanks so much for listening.